You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. All right. I would ask y'all how y'all are doing tonight, but I already know you're really good. Are you sure? Is this side sure about that? That side, that side was, they're, they're good. Are y'all good over here? Okay, okay, okay. Oh man, it's, uh, it's really, really good to be, to be with you tonight, get to share, share a message with you. I, I kind of, I feel like before I get into what I really want to talk about tonight, um, just right there at the, at the end of ministry time, I, wanted, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share a, a scripture that I've just kind of been reading through and that really ministered to me this week. Um, and I, I think it kind of uh, will, will begin to explain kind of what, hap- what is happening during worship, what is happening in these moments where, um, I don't know if you're like me, you're kind of like, I don't really know exactly what's going on. I just know God's here and I like it. You know what I'm talking about? And um, in, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus, he's just sent out his 12 disciples and the apostles to go out and, and, and to actually preach and to share the good news. And if you look in Matthew chapter 10, verse 49, or uh, verse 40, he says something really interesting. He says a powerful statement here. He says, whoever receives you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, Jesus, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. <laughs> As I was reading the scripture this week, the Lord really, really pointed this out to me. He said, did you know that if someone receives you, they'll receive me? I'm like, no, Lord, I didn't know that. That's why you're, I guess you're telling me that right now. Because in a way it sounds like blasphemy in a way. Uh, it sounds like, man, I'm, I'm, Lord, I know I'm not that awesome. Are you sure? He's like, yeah, that scripture says. He told his disciples, if, you, if, if people receive you, they receive me. What I love about this scripture is it doesn't actually say that if, if people receive the wisdom that you have, if people receive the teaching from you, if, people, uh, if, if they receive the, the thing that is on your life, no, it says if they receive you. What I believe is happening in our moments of worship is that we're getting the opportunity to to receive him. And it's when we receive him, Jesus said, when you receive me, you receive the Father. We're not looking, in other words, we shouldn't be looking to receive something more or or, or a teaching or an explanation or or a word of wisdom or or whatever that is or, or, or a thing or a blessing or a reward. We're not looking, he's wanting us to receive him because it's when we receive him that we actually receive the presence of the Father. It's when we receive what he's doing in the room when Jesus, the person, I love Cody, he was saying, when Jesus is, Jesus is near. He's here. Sometimes we don't have to, uh, if, if you're like me, you kind of get in your head and you, you kind of try and figure it all out and you want to know what's going on. I think simply in moments like this, Jesus is just a- actually just wanting us just to receive him. 
when he walks into the room, we just say, Jesus, we receive you. And he begins to do amazing things. Amen. Amen. I didn't really know what, I, what, what that was about until I started talking about it. And I still don't really know, but hopefully that made sense. Okay. <laughs> um, today I want to talk to you about intimacy with the Father. I want to talk around the subject of being intimate with him. I think, I, I truly believe our church is in a season of pursuing intimacy with the Father. If you've been wondering kind of what to do in this season, what to pursue in this season, I want you to know one of the right things, one of the, the right directions to go is to actually begin to pursue intimacy with him. It's to have a real life, up-to-date, personal relationship with Jesus. Not through the church, not through your best friend, not through your mom and dad, but for you to actually have an intimate, personal, and actually in this season, establish an intimate relationship with him. Some of us, if you're like me, um, I'm, I don't know if you've ever been able to tell this before, I'm extremely extroverted, all right? And um, if you are an extrovert, one of the hardest things for an extrovert to do is to actually get alone with God. Because when you get alone with God, there's not very many people there, right? Now, now you, <laughs> it's common sense, right? It's like, Lord, I don't feel comfortable. I need to like talk to a lot of people. I feel better there. But oh, but you introverts, y'all are close to God. Come on, someone say amen. Y'all, y'all, amen, there's my introverts. They, had, they actually had a hard time saying amen out loud just then. Um, <laughs> you know, but there's, <clears throat> it doesn't matter how we were necessarily created and kind of one of the things that we, the, 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 the area that we kind of lean to or a bent that we have, we've all been required by God. It's, it's, it's a request by him that we actually have an intimate relationship with him. You know, this started two weeks ago when Braden came and he preached a message on, on hearing God. And um, I wasn't here for the second service, but just, I, I know some amazing things just began to happen in the service. It was one of those times where it was like God showed up and didn't really know what to do. But he made a statement um, when he preached in Lubbock, and I, I was there at that one. He kind of talked about hearing God, and, and uh, he, he, he had about a 35-minute message. But about the last 10 minutes, he said something that became the heartbeat of the message. It became the heartbeat for, I believe, our church and where we are headed in this season. And he actually posed it in a question. He said, do you want to hear God so you know what to do, or do you want to hear God so that you can be with him? I want to ask you that question again today. Do we want to hear God so that we know what to do? Do we want to hear God so that we can check a little box and we can work on our list and, and we, know, we know which direction to go in life and, and we, know, we know what to tell our kids and we, we know what, what city to live in and what job to take and the next move in our life? Do we want to hear God so that we know all that? Or is there something that is burning deep down on the inside of us where we want to hear him because we want to be with him? because we want to be close to him. Hear me today, I think it's important, I think it's imperative as Christians that we don't just learn about God, but we actually learn how to be with him. Church is more than just about learning about him. But I think we actually need to learn how to be with him, because being with him is, if I could say it this way, being with him is where it's at. That's where it's at. It's what we fell in love with in the first place. We fell in love with the person of Jesus. 
And it should, it should have never stopped with that initial coming to him. He wants to spend time with us every, every single day. You know, if you've been in church for some time, you've heard the pastor say, it's really important that you spend time with God. Anybody ever heard spend time with God? Let me, let me say it more West Texas way. Every day you need to have a quiet time. Uh-huh. Now I'm talking to somebody, right? You ever heard the phrase quiet time? Raise your hand. Come on. Confess in church. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you were like me. The first time I tried my quiet time, it was just that. It was really quiet and awkward. Anybody else? It's like, well, the pastor told me this is a quiet time. And you kind of get in, then you're like, open your Bible or like, uh, God, <laughs> I'm here. Uh, there was a part where the pastor said I'm supposed to wait to hear something from you. And then like two seconds later, you're like, squirrel. And then you're like, whoa. And you're like, you don't, nobody else, nobody else gets distracted in your quiet time. You're sitting there and like, it's just like nothing is happening. I believe there's, there's a, um, I believe God is actually calling us to not just tell people to spend a quiet time with God, but actually talk to you about how to do it. We need to learn how to spend time with him. Just like you learn how to spend time with your spouse or how to spend time with a friend or how to spend quality time with your children. There's, we actually have to learn how to spend time with him because for some of us like me, it just doesn't come easy. And what's beautiful about scripture and what's beautiful about the life of Jesus is he actually begins to teach us this. Jesus modeled what it looks like to spend time with God. You know, we, we see in scripture, um, uh, there, there were multiple times where Jesus would kind of, he would get away from the crowds, he would get away from the disciples, he would get alone, and what would he go and do? He would go out and pray. He would go out and pray. And what, what, I, what I find interesting about this is there was, there, was, there was something that he was doing. There was a reason why he was doing this. There's a reason why he was getting alone. And he actually taught us in Matthew chapter 6 why he did this, why he would get alone and pray. And he, he began to teach on prayer. Look at what he says in Matthew 6. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You want to know why Jesus, leave that up there for just a little bit. You want to know why Jesus would get alone? You want to know why Jesus had a secret place? You know why he went there every single day? He went there because that's where the father was. Did you know that we can actually go to a place and find the father? This scripture, it was just kind of, it just kind of popped out to me this week. I, I opened an old book and there's actually, Banning's old book, it's called Rooted. And he began to actually talk about this and I'm like, it's like I knew this, but it, it, just, it just hit me a different way. I was like, oh my gosh, we don't just need to, just need to have a, a secret place. We don't just need to have a quiet time. God is there. The Father's there. He's, he, it's not that if we, have a good, if we have a good quiet time that the Father shows up. No, he's in the secret place. Are you hearing me today? He's actually there. He abides there. He's waiting for us there. It brings a whole new revelation, a whole new passion to actually go and spend my quiet time with him. In Luke chapter 11, this is going to be our main, main scripture today. I want us, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. Jesus begins to, not, just begin to talk about prayer. He begins to talk about intimacy. 
And in fact, today, as I, as I preach this message, uh, I want to kind of interchange pray, the word prayer and intimacy. I think, I believe prayer is intimacy with the Father. That intimacy looks like prayer. And Jesus actually taught a lot about prayer. And in Luke chapter 11, he, he goes into this. He says, he says this, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I want to stop right here and just, just give you a, a quick little, little word here of encouragement. Um, it's okay for you to be taught how to pray. I don't know if it, I've kind of been one of these people in church where I've, I've categorized myself as, a, as not a good prayer. I'm not a prayer kind of person. Uh, I'll just keep hearing. I'm not a prayer-er. You know, there's, there's people that are prayer-ers, and then there's people that, that are not. I always felt convicted and shameful and guilty because it was like I had to learn how to pray. It was like I had to, to go in there and, and kind of work on it. Well, guess what? Disciples learn how to pray. There's not some people who are born prayers and people who are born not prayers. I want to break this off of you today. Don't, don't feel shame and don't feel guilt if it's hard for you to pray. It's fine. You just need to learn how. And his disciples came to him. These are, the, these are the, the men that were spending time with Jesus every day. And they saw him go off and doing funky things and talking to himself. They're like, hey, what is that? Can you teach us how to do that? He goes on. He says, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then verse 5, that's where I really want to hit today. Verse 5, he says, then teaching them more about prayer. Let me say it this way. Then teaching them more about intimacy. Then teaching them more about how to spend time with the Father. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, um, <clears throat> don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Verse 8, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, Jesus begins to teach. He says, so I tell you, keep on asking. Look at your neighbor and say, keep asking. He said, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking in the door. It'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I'm actually going to just stop right there today. I want to title the message, Shameless Persistence. Shameless Persistence. Let's just take a moment to pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We open up our spirit. We open up our soul. We say, God, speak. <laughs> it is our desire to be intimate. It's our desire to be close with you, God. We're asking you, God, to teach us. Show us what it looks like to be in a close, near relationship with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Um, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever had someone bother you and keep bothering you until they got what they wanted from you? 
Anybody ever had? Uh, yeah, it's, y'all dropped those somebodies off in the kids' ministry before you got in here today, right? <laughs> if, you have, if you have kids, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Kids are our masters. They have a master's degree in annoyance and bothering you. Anybody? It's like, it's like they're born and they just already know how to do it. It's a talent that they possess. I, uh, I, obviously, we have three kids, and, and uh, one of my, me and Natalie's pet peeves is our oldest. Uh, he would always come and ask for food and ask for snacks. And, and that just would drive us absolutely crazy. Not because he would ask just for, for a snack, but it's because he would ask every 20 minutes. Because it was like he would eat something, and then 20 minutes later, he would be hungry again. I'm like, bro, you barely, just, you barely chewed the last chew, and you're already asking for more food. And just what, he, he was just persistent, always coming, can I have this, can I have that? And finally, we were fed up, right? And um, we, we came up as super, super spiritual, super wise parents. It's actually a really good idea. We're like, okay, Jackson, here's what you're going to do. You have the freedom, all the freedom in the world to eat whatever you want. You don't have to come and ask me for anything. Please, God, don't come and ask me for any more food. <laughs> you, uh, here's what we're going to do. You pick out your own food. We're going to watch the decisions that you make. If you start making bad decisions, we will come and talk to you about it. Isn't that good? It didn't work. (laughs) It absolutely did not work. He still comes and asks for every single piece of food he wants to put in his mouth. I'm like, my gosh, dude, like, what are you going to do when you leave this place? Like, you're going to call me, dad, beef stroganoff, hamburger helper, can I have that tonight? No, because you should never eat beef stroganoff hamburger helper. Sorry, all right. Some of you are like, I just had that. I'm having it tonight. We all know what it's like to kind of be bothered, right? And, and, and as, as people, as people, we don't like it. That's why we call it, that's why we give it the definition bother, the word bother. We, when someone comes and they're persistent and they continually come and ask you the same thing over and over and over again, we as, as, as human beings, we, we don't have a grace for it. We don't have, uh, there's no favor on us to actually continue to do that. We do things like me and my wife, we make rules so that stops. And I just want to let you know today that God is absolutely nothing like that. He's nothing like that. You don't bother him. You don't bother God. In fact, Jesus teaches us. He actually invites us to bother him. He invites us to to practically annoy him with our requests. This is what he was teaching the disciples. He was teaching about prayer. He was teaching about intimacy, and he, and he used this story of, of a man who goes to his friend to ask for three loaves of bread in the middle of the night. And the friend is like, hey, bro, don't bother me. It's midnight. All the babies are in bed. We're all trying to sleep. The door is locked. Figure it out, bro. But Jesus uses this story, and he begins to teach. He says, he, he, he says something really interesting. In fact, we can, we can read it together. He says, I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Jesus is wanting us to grab hold of 
the power that is in persistence, the power that is in the shameless persistence he's talking about. And you need to know that uh, just, just if, 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 you're, uh, if you're doing this, a lot of times in scripture we, as, as Jesus would tell a parable, he would compare the person in the parable to the father. Like we, we all know the story of the prodigal son, right? We all know that the father represented the heavenly father. Jesus right here though in this parable, he's actually, he's not, he's not comparing God to this friend who is frustrated, bothered, and annoyed. That's, that's not what he's, he's teaching here. He's actually contrasting between the father and this man. And what he's wanting us to grab a hold of is he, he's, he's trying to get us to see if, if even a friend who is annoyed, who is bothered, whose kids are in bed, who is woken up in the middle of the night, if even he, if even he will give you what you ask for if you shamelessly persist. And what he's wanting to happen in our mind, he's, what he's wanting us to realize is if, if that man would do that, how much more would your heavenly father who's not bothered by you, who's not annoyed, whose door is never locked, who is never asleep, who is never doing something else, who is actually waiting at the front door before you can even knock to open the door, how much more will he respond and reward you when you shamelessly persist and pursue him? If it works on him, how much more will it work on God? He's inviting us into this relationship where we are unashamed to come to him and to come to him and to come to him and to seek and to seek and to seek and to knock and to knock and to knock. And some of y'all, some of y'all think y'all go into your secret place, you go into your time with God and, and, and here's, how you, here's how you talk to him. Lord, I, okay, uh, Lord, I know, I know we've been talking about this sin for a long time, but I'm, I'm still struggling with it, um, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I won't, I, I'll do better this week, and and uh, and then and then you you do the same sin, and the next day you come in and you don't want to bring it up. You don't want to ask God to help you with that sin again because you think He already, He's already given me fifty gajillion chances, and I'm still screwing it up. I'm done asking. And yet God says this, intimacy with me looks like you continually continually coming and asking. Continually coming and seeking. Keep knocking. You're not going to bother me. You're not going to annoy me. In fact, what's, what's crazy about it, in Scripture it even says that God knows every request before you even ask him. And not only does he say ask anyway, he says keep on asking. Don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel awkward about it. But actually shamelessly persist with him. I remember um, <laughs> me and Natalie when we first got married, I'm, I'm really not good at this shamelessly persisting thing um, because the moment that I feel like I've made someone feel awkward or bothered, I just completely back off, right? Because it, it bothers me than, more than they're bothered, right? I just... I can't, I can't stand that, right? My wife, on the other hand, absolutely does not care one bit, okay? And um, I'll never forget, we, uh, we were just married, and she kept putting me in these awkward situations. And we went to Academy one day. She had bought this pair of, of uh, it was like a medium-sized shorts or something at Academy. And she goes, she got these things on sale, so she goes up to the cash register person, and she's like, 
hey, I want to exchange these for a small, um, and, and, and here's the receipt, or maybe she didn't have a receipt, I can't really remember, but she's like, and I got them on sale at this price. And she brought the other size, a smaller size, and rung it up. And he's like, yeah, well, these are, these are, actually, these are actually full price. And she's like, hold on, hold up a second. Like, hold my hoops here. Uh, the, <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm just telling the truth. Hey, and ladies, just so you know, I asked permission before I told this story, okay? I know what I'm doing. I'm 13 years into this thing, okay? <clears throat> and so she says, no, 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 sir, I, I got these on sale. He's like, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry, but when I ring these up, this is the price. And she's like, hold on a second. And as soon as she said that, I just started backing away from the situation. <laughs> and she literally told this guy, she said, so you mean to tell me these pair of shorts that are actually less material are more expensive than the one that has more material? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And, and this poor guy, he didn't know what to do. He's like, uh, ma yeah, ma'am, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> when I ring it up, this is the price. Well, Natalie kept persisting, and she got the sell that she needed, right? Come on, all the ladies said amen. Where are my TJ Maxx ladies in the house? Come on, somebody. All right. She doesn't care what she buys. If it's on sale, it's great. It's like, no, it's, it's actually a piece of junk, but it's on sale. Oh, okay, anyway, anyway, moving on. That is a whole other message. It's really easy to talk about her when she's not in the building. Oh, I didn't hear you, you know, it's just great. Y'all don't say anything, okay? Just pick up your kids, smile at her, give her a high five, and get on out of there, all right? <laughs> this is actually a great picture of what it looks like to shamelessly persist, though. It's we, we, we go after God, and we go into him, and we... We, we, we come unashamedly and we, we actually just keep, keep going and going until we get what we want. And I just need to tell you this today. I'm not talking about a blessing. I'm not talking about getting stuff. I'm not talking about getting material things. Do I believe that that, that, that it actually includes that in the scripture? scripture? I do. But more than anything else, I'm talking to you about wanting him that we can actually keep going to him and we can keep asking him for him. God, will you show up today? God, I'm, I'm, I'm here to meet with you. Would you fill this room with your presence? God, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep seeking until I find something that I've never found before. I, I, I'm here knocking, hoping that you're going to open a door to something that I've actually never even seen or, or even thought. And Lord, I'm going to keep coming. And I'm going to keep coming. And I'm going to keep pursuing. Because you said that if I'll keep doing it, you'll, we'll actually get what we ask for. Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. I'm not sure how it could get more intimate than that. Where we're desperate for him. We're desperate for him. I'll be honest with you today, I can't say that I'm there. I can't say that I've actually figured out what all that looks like. But what I can tell you is I'm seeking. What I can tell you is I am knocking. What I can tell you is I am asking. And I simply today, I, 
you know, it's, it's kind of a hard message to preach because I, I wish that I was further along and I could say this is what it would be like. But instead, I'm just going to invite you and, and ask you, will you join me on this journey? Will you join me in this season of actually just going after him? Going after him in his presence. Showing up day in and day out. No matter how bad it was the day before. Showing up and saying, God, I want you. God, I want you. I don't even know how to pursue you. I don't even know how to talk to you necessarily, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to open this Bible and I'm going to read. I'm going to pray the best prayer I can pray. I'm just going to pursue you the only way that I know how. Here's what I know. Those who draw near to God, he will draw near to them. I, I'll close with this story. I, I'll never forget. I was pastoring in Amarillo and, and um, <clears throat> We were, we were having like a night service. It was going to be like a Holy Spirit night. And um, so I was super excited about it. And um, I, as, I, as I showed up and we, we, we actually got, I was in service. I, you know, I was pastoring at the time. So I was on the front row because got to sit there as a pastor for some reason. And I was on the front row. And man, just had an, uh, an amazing time during worship. But I'll just be honest. I, I, was, I wasn't in, a, in an overly emotional uh, state. I wasn't... Um, necessarily just so connected to God in the moment. I just, it was great worship. I was sitting down getting ready to, to hear a word and Pastor Joe um, was there and many of you, you may know him. He's been here a couple of times and, and uh, as he was, he was the one he was teaching on intimacy that night and getting face to face with God. And as he was walking over to the building, the Lord gave him a vision of a demonstration. And he told the whole congregation that. And he said, the Lord showed me this demonstration. I just want to do this for you before I, before I preach my message tonight. And he invited his daughter onto the stage. I knew, obviously I knew, Pastor Joe had been on staff with him. I knew his daughter. <clears throat> and they sat across from each other just like this. And uh, as he began to just kind of preface the night, he said, I don't, I don't know why the Lord just told me to, to do this. Um, and he reached over and he grabbed behind his daughter's head. And he bent down and he brought his daughter's head and they touched foreheads. And they held foreheads together and they just connected for just a second. And I could tell this was something that was a father-daughter thing for them for a long time. It, it seemed like this is what they just did to connect to one another. And I'm not joking. I, I, wasn't, I was just watching. I was, I was perfectly fine. In the moment they touched foreheads, I burst into tears on the front row. I'd been talking to God about wanting to be intimate with him and wanting to have something special that just me and him had. And in a moment, I saw something special that just a father and a daughter had. And I'll just tell you, I'm not, I'm not talking like I just kind of broke down into tears on the front row. I was like making noises in the front row and, had, and didn't have a choice if I was going to make noises or not. I was, I mean, I was doing the, I mean, for a good awkward 20 seconds. It took, I mean, it literally took over the whole room. Everyone was like, what, what is happening? And like, and I couldn't stop. I finally got it a little bit under control. And I mean, I probably weep for 20 minutes. 
snot pouring out of my face. <laughs> Finally got my stuff together. <clears throat> and I had so much stuff going on. I'm like, I cannot lift my head up right now. I mean, I'm a complete mess. If I lift my head up, I'm going to scare the whole church off. Like, thank God. I was like, it, was, it was either a person who was really paying attention or an angel set a huge Kleenex box right next to me. And I grabbed like the whole thing. It was before, right there on the face. I want us to keep seeking. I want us to keep asking. I want us to keep knocking so that we can have moments like that. This isn't just about what you want. This is actually what he wants with you. He wants to have something special with you. He wants to have something with you that you don't have with anybody else. Something with you that you don't have with your husband that you don't have with your wife, that you don't have with a friend, that you don't even have with your kids. It's just, just between you and him. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.